If you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 2, and uh, you can follow along in verses 8 through 20 as we uh, share the story here about ordinary faith. I've titled the message today, Ordinary Faith, because it's kind of been our theme throughout this Christmas season. Um, And I've tried this year to really focus on helping us to understand that these people that God used, Mary, Joseph, these magi, the wise men who came, and then now these shepherds, that these people were not these super spiritual people that, uh, as Brother Eric said earlier, you know, sometimes we sanitize the, the, the message of, of Easter as well as Christmas, um, and we turn these people into movie stars, into these super amazing people that are not like us. But actually, these people were very much like us. They were normal human beings, just like us. And as a matter of fact, if you'll study the Bible through the Old Testament, as well as through the New Testament, <clears throat> these people were very flawed. They all had serious issues in their lives. You realize that, right? From David to Joseph to Moses. I mean, Moses murdered a man, right? He killed a man. Some would say it was protecting, you know, one of, one of uh, the Israelites. But he killed a man. David, as we know, did some horrible things. Everybody in, in, in the biblical narrative were people. And God chose to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And so I've titled today's message, tonight's message, Ordinary Faith, not so that we would look at it in such a way to think that well, my faith is just boring and ho-hum. If you look at a thesaurus of, of what ordinary means, you'll see some of those words, boring, everyday, common. But the reason I've titled, titled it ordinary is because, in, in particular, these shepherds that we're, we're going to read about and we're going to see in just a moment, these were not special people in the world's eyes. They were very ordinary people. And I think sometimes we think that we have to have this so-called super spiritual faith to be heard by God or for God to pay attention to us. But the scriptures teach us that not many are called who are noble. God uses the base things of the world, the things of the world that that the world really doesn't like or can't use or isn't very powerful. And he uses those people. So Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 20 tell us the story of the shepherds. And we read that earlier throughout the worship service here. And we heard about these shepherds. And the thing I want you to see is this. Number one, in ordinary faith. Ordinary faith is rewarded when we are faithfully living out our lives. When we're just faithfully living out our lives. Here you had these shepherds, the Bible says in verse 8. They were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. I mean, 
they, they were nomads, if you will, living out in the fields. They weren't living in some house somewhere, keeping watch over their flocks at night. They were out at night protecting and watching out for their flocks. You know, the first announcement of the Messiah's birth was given by an angel to some anonymous shepherds, Warren Wiersbe says. Why shepherds, he asked. Why not to priests or scribes? By visiting the shepherds, the angel revealed the grace of God toward mankind. Shepherds were really outcasts in Israel. That's why Jesus said he was the good shepherd. They were outcasts in Israel in many situations. Their work not only made them ceremonially unclean, but it kept them away from the temple for weeks at a time so that they could not be made clean. God does not call the rich and the mighty, but He calls the poor and the lowly. In Luke chapter 15, uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 51 through 53, and 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29. The Messiah came to be both the good shepherd in John 10 and the Lamb of God sacrificed for the sins of the world in John 1, 29. So perhaps these shepherds were caring for the flocks that would provide sacrifices for the temple services. It was fitting that the good news about God's shepherd and the Lamb to be given first to humble shepherds. Now notice, shepherds, in this day and time, are not easily fooled. They are practical men of the world who have little to do with fantasy. If they said that they saw angels and went and found the Messiah, then you could believe them. And society would believe them. These were not mystical men. These were ordinary, hardworking men who worked with their hands and their legs in their bodies. God selected hard-working men to be the first witnesses that His Son had come into the world. Isn't that a beautiful thing? So ordinary faith is rewarded when we are faithfully living out our lives. These shepherds were believers in Jehovah God, and they were doing what they were called to do what they were trained to do, they were doing it faithfully. Listen, folks, listen, here's the thing. If, if, if there's one thing in 2020 that I can share with you, it's this. That in light of everything that's going on in our lives, in light of COVID and all the craziness and the election and, and everything that's happened, you go about your life being faithful to what God's called you to do and God will faithfully reward you in his time and God rewarded these shepherds by allowing them to be the first witnesses think about it it wasn't the priest it wasn't the religious group it was these hard-working men taking care of their flocks at night in a field and God sent an angel to announce the birth of Christ to these men ordinary men But I want you to see a second thing. Ordinary faith invites extraordinary blessings. Ordinary faith invites extraordinary blessings. In verses 9 through 14, 
It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels praising appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests ordinary faith invites extraordinary blessings these were ordinary men who got a chance to experience something very extraordinary. An angel appeared to them. And when we are obedient to God, and we follow Him, we live for Him as ordinary people, and we're faithful, we will not cease to see the extraordinary. I see extraordinary when I see people ch- people's lives change. I see the extraordinary when I see people who once were dead and now who are alive. I see the extraordinary when people who once were addicted Become clean and never go back to it ever again. That's an extraordinary thing. I see extraordinary when we see what we saw Sunday. One of our own ladies who gave her life to Christ and said, I'm giving my heart, I'm giving giving myself, and giving my all. And so an ordinary faith invites extraordinary blessings. Number three. Ordinary faith always cancels out real fear. Ordinary faith always cancels out real fear. Let's pray. Father, I ask that your peace would be in our midst. Give me clarity of mind to be able to bring the message. Finish well so that we can honor you. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for Christmas. And I pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Ordinary faith always cancels out fear. So these guys were afraid. Rightfully so. Think about it. At night, I look, I go hunting, and, and it's amazing. If I shoot a deer and I got to go look for it, and it's at night, I ain't scared of nothing. I'm on a mission. But if it's early in the morning, and it's creepy feeling, there's fog, it's quiet, you never know if a bear is going to be at your feeder. 
you're kind of walking in and you're getting you're getting there close and all that and out of nowhere something like one time I was walking and this was in Missouri and I was walking to the stand it was so quiet and I was trying to be very quiet and all of a sudden I jumped a covey of quails and I'm telling you what y'all I almost ended up on the ground I went all Fred Sanford not Elizabeth but Penny, even though she's not up there, she's still alive. I'm going before you, Penny. <laughs> Scary sometimes, right? Stuff happens in the dark, just scares you. Comes out of nowhere. These men were out there in the dark, and this angel came. And ordinary faith always cancels out real fear. See, the world... And everything in it has real fear for you and me. And there are things that scare us, right? But when Christ appears and when God's messenger appears, he helps us to cancel out the fear. Let me give you a, a fourth thing. Ordinary faith is quick to run to Jesus. In verses 15 and 16 it says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Ordinary faith is quick to run to Jesus. Listen, <clears throat> something I learned a long time ago as a pastor, and I mean this with all gentleness and kindness and love as a pastor. But if you don't like something that I say, if what I say is from the Word of God, it doesn't bother me at all. You know why? Because if you're a Christian, you should be quick to run to Jesus, not quick to want to fight with Jesus. Right? And I realize when sometimes people get under conviction, rather than running to Jesus, they're running away from Him, and so they come to the pastor and they're mad at him about something. I'm like, don't get mad at me. Take it up with God. It's in the Bible. Take it up with Him. A true Christian, when confronted with the truth, will run to Jesus, right? And that's what they did. Now, they heard the good news, and they ran to Him. You know, and, and I get it. I understand. Years ago, I had somebody who was visiting our church, and they were really offended when we had children's church and when we say, okay, kids, it's time to go to children's church. And for 25 years since I've been here, when you say that, the children run to go to children's church. Now, on the spiritual side, I'm thinking, man, they're excited to go to children's church. But on the, on the side of reality, I'm thinking, man, they're excited to get away from me and their parents. I'm thinking, yeah, they're like, man, let's get out of here before they change their mind. And they take off. And somebody got upset. You should not run in church. And you know, it's, it's disrespectful and this and that. And they're going on and on. And I'm like, you know what? what could, could it be that we could be more like the little children and that we would be the ones running the church? Wouldn't it be awesome if a whole bunch of us got tickets one Sunday coming to church because we were so excited to come to church? No, please don't speed. Get up earlier and come, okay? But, but the point that I'm making is that we should be 
as the days go on, as we, as God rewards ordinary faith, as my ordinary faith sees the extraordinary things that God can do, I should be like these shepherds and I should want to run to where Jesus is. Give you a fifth thing and a sixth, real quick. Ordinary faith can't wait to share what God has done. It said they, they hurried off, and it says in verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. I got a feeling these men were not the kind to run their mouth. They were probably the kind, like, like, like farmers, just doing their thing, working the land, you know, living their life. That's what these shepherds were like, just doing their thing, keeping to themselves, living their lives. But something extraordinary happened in their lives. And when they ran to Jesus and they saw what was going on, they couldn't wait to share what God had done. They, they got excited about it and they began to tell everybody about it. And people were amazed. And I'll tell you why they were amazed, because they were like, listen to these dudes. I mean, you don't hear that coming out of them very often. They can't wait to share. That's what ordinary faith does. You and I in the real world that we live in, you work with people who are not believers or who don't live for God. And circumstances happen in their lives. And you're there and you have an opportunity and you can't wait to tell them what God has to say. Maybe somebody's wrecked their life by something horrible they've done, and we as Christians are the ones who stand in the gap. We're the ones who are helping to reconcile other people to God. We're the ones that come and say, listen, it's not the end of the world. There's someone who will forgive you. There's someone who will change your life. There's someone who will bring peace to your heart and put order into your world once again like you've never experienced before we've got the answer and we shouldn't hold that in to us i'm not saying we should go beat everybody over the head with a bible not everybody's ready to hear it and the bible says don't cast your pearl before swine i'm not saying that we're calling people who don't believe pigs but the bible says be very careful about those things but we should be so aware of what's going on that we should be quick to want to tell other people the answer about the hope that is within us And then number six, ordinary faith always ends up in worship and praise. Man, verse 20 here, it says here, the shepherds ret returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. Here's the thing you have to understand. This was not evangelical Christianity right here. These were shepherds. They didn't speak on behalf of God. They, they were not the priest. They were considered to be unclean. Not allowed to go to the temple or synagogue or what have you. Unless they went through certain rituals to be cleaned or what have you. And so they were looked down upon in society. But yet, they didn't let that stop them from worshiping God. It always ends. Ordinary faith always comes to that you know i say it like this um here we are on christmas eve this is where i want to be you know 
I heard somebody say the other day, you know, Christmas is about family. And I was just kind of waiting to hear the next part. And they said, no, that's what it's all about. It's about family. And I went, no, no, that's not really what it's all about. It's first about Jesus and what He did so you and I can become part of the family of God. And yes, we enjoy our family at Christmas time. And yes, we have time together as a family. And yes, those things are important. But our ordinary faith always drives us first to worship Him. That's why Sunday is the first day of the week. Sunday's important to me as a Christian because it's a day that I should worship. It's a day that I should set aside to go and worship the Lord with other believers and testify about all that He's done for us. So ordinary faith always ends in worship and praise, right? It always does, no matter what is going on in our lives. So faith, I call it ordinary faith because God touches ordinary people like you and me. Don't believe the lie of Satan that, well, you're nobody special. You're nobody important. Oh, you're special, all right. You're special to God. And you're important to God. And He died for you. Christmas is about Christ, but it's about what Christ did for you and me. It's a gift. It's the greatest gift, right? It really is. And in the sharing of gifts, we have an opportunity to share why. I asked my granddaughter today. I had three granddaughters with us for a little bit. And it uh, been a while since they had come to our house. When they walked in, I shouldn't have done it. But when they walked in and went, well, look who's here. I didn't think y'all knew where we lived anymore. I never thought I'd be that guy. But, <laughs> but it's, oh, I'm so glad to see y'all. And then the two oldest ones stayed with us while Mama took the little one. And so I said, hey, y'all, what is tonight? What is today? What do we call it? They said, Christmas Eve. And I said, what is Christmas? One said it's Jesus. The other said it's Santa Claus. <laughs> you can guess which one said it was about Jesus, the older one. And you can tell. And I said, well, let me tell you about that. About Jesus. And we talked a little bit about that. And I said, you know, the story of Santa Claus is about St. Nick. You know, this great Christian man who gave gifts to people. And so there's truth to that story. And uh, But never forget who it's all about and what it's about. And it should drive us to worship. So, ordinary faith in my opinion, is pretty extraordinary because of the God that we serve. We can all come to Him because of that. What I'd like us to do right now, everybody, is stand, and I'd like our worship team to come. And uh, we're going to have the Lord's Supper here in just a moment. I hope all of you have the...
what you need right here. It's all in one little package. <laughs> if you don't have one, raise your hand. We'll get one to you. Larry and the men um, have it. But we, because of COVID, we wanted to make sure that everybody were able to get theirs. They're coming around. Just raise your hand. We'll make sure you get one. And before we participate in the Lord's Supper, we want to have a, a song of invitation. And here's, here's the rationale behind it. <clears throat> the Scripture tells us that when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we want to make sure that we're right before God. The Lord's Supper is a time where we're to be made, made clean and made whole. For instance, if there's something in your life that's not right, maybe you're harboring unforgiveness against somebody. You know it. You've been under conviction about it. You haven't taken care of it. Can you participate in the Lord's Supper tonight? My answer is yes, if you'll do one thing. If you will confess that to God and make it right before God and say, God, I know I've got unforgiveness in my heart and I'm willing to seek your, your forgiveness first for holding that. That's number one. And number two, I'm willing to go make that right with that person. Make that commitment. Then you're right with God and you can t participate in the Lord's Supper. You follow what I'm saying? In other words, the Lord's Supper is not to be exclusionary. God does, doesn't use it to exclude people. He wants to include people. It should drive us to our knees is what I'm saying. And so what we want to do is we want to have a song of invitation that will allow us to think about some things. Maybe come to this altar. Maybe right where you are. Just bow your head as our worship team is singing and Say, God, search me, and I want to be right with you. I want to be clean. Is there something in my life that's not right? Maybe you had the wrong thought today. <gasps> you had a wrong thought. Guess what? We're all honest. Probably all of us at some point in the last week, we've had a wrong thought or two or three. And it's just a time for you to just Bring it before Him. You know, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1 that if we confess our sins, which means to agree with God, He is faithful, meaning He'll do it every time, just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God wants us to have open fellowship with Him right now. And so I want to give you that time before we have the Lord's Supper here for you to do whatever reckoning you need to do with Him. He will forgive you. He loves you. He wants you to come to the table and spend time with Him. All right? So I'm going to ask our team to lead us and let this be your time. It's your time. It's not somebody else's time. It's not your family's time. It's your time between you and God. The altar's open. You can come and um, let God lead you.